Lord God, we thank you so much for this love that you have for us that would never let anything separate us from you, that you will always chase us down, that you will always be with us, that we can um, never be too far away from you for you not to be able to reach us with your love. So God, in this space, we recognize that each of us is a different place in our life, and we each need your love. We need your goodness. We need your grace in our life. And so, God, we pray that in this moment, um, we would reflect, we would draw close to you, we would hear your voice deeply and intimately in our minds and our hearts and our souls, and, and that we would be built up and shaped more like you so that we can go out into this world and be your image bearers and so that we can reach these people who are hurting, uh, the people who are far away, and that you give us the privilege of reaching with our hands and feet. And we pray this in Jesus' holy name. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Please have a seat. Amen. How about that band? I, I know that's an easy one, but seriously, that's the stinking good, goodest band. Um, this is Music Camp. Y'all are helping with Music Camp this week, which is cool. Uh, all these kids are signing up for it. Music Camp is awesome, and I think that it's a good idea for us to begin Music Camp today. So uh, all of you, raise your right hand. You'll be inducted in. No, you don't have to do that. But you guys are now in Music Camp, and we are going to start to talk about what does it mean to worship God with music? And so the first question and the big question of today is, why do you sing? I think that should be the big question for music camp. It should be the big question for every person. Why do you sing? Now, some of you are like, I don't sing. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> but we'll get to that. You know, singing is this incredible thing that you'll find in the Bible. The first time that someone actually sings a song is when Moses and the Israelites, they escape through the Red Sea and the sea crashes in and vanquishes their enemies. And Moses, he sings a song. It's such a beautiful song. I think he goes like, no, I don't know that. I don't think that's what it was like. But he sang a song and then Miriam sang a song, his sister. And, and we have the words of that song in the Bible. And it's a reflection on all the good stuff that God has done. And throughout the Bible, we have these songs. This, I mean, does anybody just ever think, I'm, people who come to church for the first time must think, this is the weirdest thing. All these people that I see at Albertsons, all these people that I see at Albertsons, and, and then at Albertsons later, all these people that I just, there's other stores I know, but all these people that I just see in normal everyday life, they don't sing. They don't walk down the hall singing through the aisles. Maybe some of you do, and we need to talk to you about that. But, but the rest of them don't. But in our world, we don't generally do this thing. But for some reason, we do it twice a year, once at the Mid-State Fair and once at Highlands Church. People come and they sing together. And so the big question is, why do we sing? So we're going to look at a song in the Bible from the book of songs or Psalms. Uh, and this song is uh, Psalm number 147, which is, talk about a sexy title for a song. Isn't that a good one? Like song number 147. They, they didn't think that that could be a better song. Anyway, so this is a song and it's beautiful and every word teaches us what the Bible says about singing. Praise the Lord because it is good to sing praise to our God because it is a pleasure to make beautiful praise. So the Bible starts out, with this song, and it says the reason that you sing to God is because it's good. It just feels good. There's something in our bones that just, we just like to sing. So the reason that we sing to God is because it's good. And that's because we're image bearers of God. Do you know that God listens too? God hears just like we do. In fact, there's 
the other, last night, I was in my backyard. I had the headphones listening to praise music, and, and, um, and I, I ran into one of those ads on Pandora, you know? And so I just turned it down because I didn't want to hear that, and then I took the headphones off, and I was surrounded by music. There was the crickets. There was my air conditioner running very loud. There was also, uh, what else was there? There was the trees, the wind and the trees. There was uh, a mosquito buzzing by my ear. There are birds in my neighborhood that will not stop singing. There's one bird in particular that thinks it is the best sounding bird in the face of the earth. And all it does is sing car alarm sounds all day and all night. Just thinks it, it picked up like a car alarm sound years ago and that's its jam. Even the music that we sang today said that even the rocks cry out in their silence. And, and even this earth seems to have something about it that is music. Even in math, you find music. Even in art, you find music. Music is everywhere. And, and even the animals have music. And so we are this creation of God that is created to sing. Now, I can prove it to you. If you have any little kid, little kid, has to be little because sadly, something happens as they get older that, that tells them that their voice isn't beautiful. We're going to fix that in music camp, by the way. But even little, little kids, if you get them around and they have, put their hands in a circle, they'll start to sing, ring around the rosy, pocket full of posts. No kid can resist that song because it's fun. It feels good. And if, you know, you have, probably a few of you did say, I don't sing. I'll bet if someone walked in this room with a big old cake with candles on it, you'd know exactly what to sing, right? Hava Nagila. No, 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 no. <laughs> so you would sing Happy Birthday. If you're at the ballpark, you'd probably sing the national anthem. And then you'd sing Take Me Out to the Ball Game even louder for some reason. I don't know why that one we sing more. But you see, it's a response. That's the other thing that we need to know is, is that, that, that all music that we have is a response to God. So that means that, okay, if you have something going on in your life, you, you actually then have a way of responding to God like that bird that is just waking up. It sees the sunshine. It just goes nuts singing car alarm sounds. Every song that we have is a response. In the Bible, we have not just Moses who crosses the Red Sea and then sees the enemies vanquished and then praises God. We have Miriam who praises God. We have Jesus who walks across the water, right? And as soon as he gets into the boat with the disciples, the disciples just start to praise Jesus. They just start singing songs. And then on the last night of Jesus's life, the disciples are in a room. They have Passover meal together. They break bread. And Jesus institutes the sacrament of communion. And then afterward, Jesus says, I'm going to my arrest. And they all leave with him. And the Bible tells us that they all were singing. We know that Paul and Peter were in prison together. And they just started singing and getting all the other prisoners to sing. And what was that song? It was a song that was sung in response. In response to God's goodness in their life. In response to who they knew God to be even though the situation around them wasn't perfect. Listen to how this song continues in verse two. The Lord rebuilds Jerusalem, gathering up Israel's exiles. God heals the brokenhearted and bandages their wounds. One of the people that sang the most songs in the Bible was King David. Now, King David, I love his story. He started out as a little shepherd, little kid shepherd. 
And um, quick segue, okay, ready? I'm subject change. I'm going to come right back to this. You ready? Moving over here, okay, for you linear thinkers. Put that one down for a second. Do you know about old Western movies, right? How they play harmonica at night for the cows? Now, this is Paso. Most people, how many people know why they do that, right? Few? Only one. Stampede. If you don't play that harmonica at night for the cows, they are going to stampede. They're going to go nuts. One of them is going to jump or hear a little cricket or something and think that they're being attacked by a bear and they're going to just start going nuts. So all night in the Western movies, you see the dude, the dude, his name is usually the dude, and he, Big Lebowski or whatever, and he's just playing harmonica, right? All night long because that's his job. Now, David was a shepherd as a little boy. And the Bible says that he was an amazing he played the lyre, which is electric guitar today. He shredded on a harp, right? Like he was, I'm blanking. He was, give me a good, Eddie Van Halen. Yeah, I was going to go for Van Halen too. Eddie Van Halen on harp. But why? Because when he was a little boy, he needed to keep the sheep calm. And part of his job was to play that harp. And so that was one of the tools that he used to do his job. I guess King David had music camp too, right? But then he grew up and he was abandoned by his brothers and his, brothers and his father. And they, they let him go fight Goliath, which is not what responsible parents do, but they did. And then he won. But then he was adopted by a king who then became his adopted father, but then who threw him out like the trash. And then his adopted brother threw him out like the trash. And then King David, later in his life, when he became King David, he ended up cheating on his best friend's wife. So, so, so he had an affair with his best friend's wife. And, and in order to cover that up, because he couldn't go to his best friend to tell him about it, he sent his best friend to the front lines of war and had him killed. That's the King David who later wrote all those songs in the Bible. King David didn't write those songs out of, hey, you know what? I'm a perfect person. I have the perfect voice. No, actually, King David didn't write that out of that. He wrote it out of his brokenness, that he had, he had experienced how low things can go. And the Bible says, and here in the scripture, it says that the songs are sung from a place of bandaged wounds. Isn't that beautiful? Now, you may be sacrificing your reputation to answer this question, and I am too. How many of you watch American Idol? Go ahead, do it. This is confession moment. Eight people. How many people think the voice is way better? How many people could care less? A lot, a lot. <laughs> but you'll hear the judges on those shows, and you'll hear them respond to the contestants when they start to dig deep and they have to actually do some amazing stuff with their voice. You know what they'll say? They'll say, you know, if you're going to sing a love song, I want you to actually reflect on the experience you've had of love. If you're going to sing about heartbreak, I want you to reflect on the heartbreak you've actually had. If you've ever experienced pain, then you need to sing out of that pain. See, a good song is a song that is honest and it reflects the condition of who we are. And it's that moment when we are able to align who we are with the song and that song emanates from within. See, good worship, good music comes from not outside. A lot of people come to worship and they're like, I'm going to go and see how good worship is today. And then they go and then they think, well, it didn't come at me, so it wasn't very good. But actually, worship is not about what you receive. It's about what you give. 
The quality of worship you experience is going to be wholly reliant upon how much you put into it. And if you walk away from a Sunday and you say, you know what, I don't know about that. I hope there's a moment of self-reflection there because it's the Bible. That ain't changing. It's the word of God. And so the question is, and I, I can speak from personal experiences. I have been in worship services where I haven't liked the music or the preacher, or, and it's been in different languages, and, and they've had different, like, everything. But in those moments, I have had some of the most meaningful connections with God. And of course, those connections with God only happen because of the Holy Spirit in breaking into that broken, hardened heart that develops around every single adult that says, you know what, I can't sing. You know that one where the kids, like even the kids that come to music camp, a lot of those kids are going to say, you know what? I'm not that good. I, I, my voice isn't that good. I, one of the hardest things about American Idol is when you look and they, you see the people laugh at those people who come forward and they say, I have a great voice. I think what God wants us to be like is like that psychotic little bird on my, on my street that's like got its own jam and is like, I am singing a good song. And it's beautiful to us. And similarly, it's beautiful to God. God loves to hear. You know, there's no more beautiful sound than when you hear a congregation singing. I've, I've always said, especially when I hear the congregation sing, I've always said, you know what? If on my deathbed, as I'm dying, if I could just hear the echo of that in my heart, if I could just hear those voices just filling me up. I think that a congregation's voice is like 10 times better than the best choir I've ever heard. Because it's all the broken voices. It's all the wounded voices. It's all the people who say, you know what? I could care less what the world thinks about me. I am going to sing. It's all of God's children acting like children again and stop and removing that thing of hardened heart that says, you know what? I got to be cool. I'm worried about what other people are going to think of me. Because when we come to, come to worship, we come before God. And when God hears that voice, it's like a parent looking down and saying, you know what, that voice is absolutely beautiful. Now the scripture does continue and it says these words, which, which are beautiful. God counts the stars by number, giving each one a name. Doesn't that remind you of that song we just sang? Wait, they plagiarized the lyrics. I wonder if God will sue them. God counts the stars by name, giving each one a name. Counts the stars by number, giving each one a name. Do you know that we, there's no way we could ever count all the stars in the sky? Never, never, never happen. Our Lord is great and so strong. God's knowledge can't be grasped. See, music gives us a chance to speak the truth about who God is. After we're done talking about who we are, after we're done reflecting about the condition of who we are and that we're image bearers of God, there's that moment where you just are taking a Saturn. You're taking the closest star is 2,000 light years away. That's what this author is saying. 2,000 light years. You could, you could travel at the speed of light for 2,000 years and then you'll reach the nearest star. That's far. That's a big God. That's the kind of thing that causes people to sing from within. For, for, for a song to emanate and for something radical to happen in a person's life. The thing that... Um, we will be telling the kids at music camp and that you need to hear today because you are a child of God and you were designed to sing, even though you may have said, you know what, I don't think so. 
This is what we'll tell them. By the divine power that you have been given, you, by, by God's divine power, you have been given everything that you need for life and for godliness through the knowledge of the one who has called us by his own honor and glory. See, it's within God we, we attach our identity. That's where we receive the beauty and the truth. Yes, it's the inbreaking of the Holy Spirit, but you know, it's interesting, I did have a person come up to me after worship one Sunday years ago, and they said, you know, the Holy Spirit really wasn't here today. I'm like, well. And then the next person came up to me and said, you know, the Holy Spirit really was here today. I said, I'm confused. Was the Holy Spirit here or not? God is always present. If you know Jesus Christ, you have the Holy Spirit within you. Now, there may be days when, when there's a hardening and there's a difficulty, and maybe even that's the Holy Spirit working on you, causing you and calling you to dig deeper, to answer that question in a more profound way. Why do you sing? Not about how you sing or, or how perfectly you sing, but why do you sing? And as you answer that question, my prayer is that you would grow in faith, that you would grow more like God's child, more like a little kid again. That you'd shed off all of that baggage, all of that stuff that has been built upon you where people have said, you know what? You really shouldn't be singing. Now, you maybe shouldn't be singing on American Idol. That's true. But you should be singing. Because if the mosquitoes are going to cry out, if the wind is going to cry out, if the trees will sing, if the birds will sing, if the earth is tremoring, if every... Every single day, there are a billion creatures shouting out God's praise. Let's join them. And let's reach out to the kids of this community too. I keep throwing that at you. I, I thought it was 6,000 kids that were under the age of 18 in this community. It's not. I'm sorry. It's 8,000. Y'all have to stop making babies. Seriously, it's just ridiculous. <laughs> But our dream is to reach into those kids' lives this week and to make a big difference. And I pray that you would, you would see this as the beginning of music camp. Your first responsibility is to find that loud kid in your neighborhood, the one that thinks that he or she is just a jock or that their only growth potential is in sports. To get them here. And allow us to speak goodness into their life and help them find their voice from within. Amen? Let's stand and let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you so much uh, for your word today. We thank you that your spirit is ever present within us. That you have shaped us in such a way that we have a new song that we sing, a song in response to the brokenness and the wounds and the truth of who you are, which is the one who bandages us. And so from these bandaged wounds, we praise you and we lift you up. We join in all of creation to celebrate you. We pray, Lord, for those kids, those children of yours throughout this community, the young and the old alike, who need to have your hands accompanying them in life to 
help tear away those hardened exteriors of the heart that begin to tell them that they're not good enough or that they don't have enough to bring in worship. Lord, we pray for those people who have found themselves far away from you, even when you are so near. And so, God, we pray that um, we could be part of your beautiful work in their life to draw out that song. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.